right. Hey, guys, welcome this evening to Young Adults Tuesday Nights. Um, just like uh, Savo said, we, uh, we hang out here on Tuesday nights. Um, we jump into some worship, and then we go through kind of a topic intro, and then we jump into small groups. And if you're really serious about community, we'll go somewhere after and hang out to like 11 o'clock. So up to you guys. Um, no, awesome. Welcome. And we also, uh, on Thursday nights, like every single week, we open up the gym back here. We play sports. We play volleyball. And it gets really serious. And... Uh, yeah, so a lot of fun. I think this Thursday we're doing a board game night, though, so we always try to, like, shake it up and do something different and have, have a good time. So consider yourselves invited. Um, we're in a series called uh, on the book of Habakkuk where we're deep diving into Habakkuk. Um, a little bit about Habakkuk, like kind of just doing some, some catch-up from last week. This is week two. Um, Habakkuk is kind of different from the other prophets. Um, most of the time, the prophets kind of, you know, God gives them a message, and then they speak that message to the people, uh, people of Israel. Um, but Habakkuk is kind of backwards a little bit. Like, he's kind of advocating for the people back to God, and he's really struggling. He's frustrated because he sees, he sees that um, the, the Israelites... In the southern kingdom of Judah, there's just this um, hypocrisy and there's corruption in their worship. And uh, he sees idolatry and um, he sees that actually this other kingdom to the north, um, the, the Babylonians are actually gaining power. He's, they're gaining power and he's like, okay, I'm seeing this happen. What's going on? And uh, he's pretty frustrated. He's upset because he thinks that God is just like standing by, like he's just not doing anything. All this bad stuff is happening. And he says, how can you look on evil and just not do anything? Are you, are you good? Are you really good? Um, so last week we looked at um, Habakkuk's three complaints that we see in chapter one. If you, if you want, you can jump back. We, um, by the way, we have a podcast. I don't know if you guys knew that. It's called Young Adults Messages. Um, it's on podcasts and Apple and all that stuff, so you can find it pretty easily. And usually we'll try to put all of our messages up there, so you can definitely check out last week's if you missed it. But um, so Habakkuk complains to God, right? He's, he's angry, and these are his three complaints. He says, do you care about our needs? Number one, he feels like God is just not doing anything. They have these, these needs, like um, um, uh, the need to purify the temple worship and all of these things. And he just sees God not doing anything. He's like, do you even care about our needs? Um, number two, he says, you can do something, but you haven't, right? We talked about this in our question series where we were dealing with the problem of evil and suffering is like, can God be a good God um, and he's able to do something about evil and suffering, but he doesn't? And that was a big question, but Habakkuk's kind of like echoing that sentiment there. And the last complaint, he says, look, at the end of the day, you just don't make any sense. You don't make sense to me right now. And I'm trying to figure you out and you're just not making sense. And it's kind of cool because we see Habakkuk's engaged in this like dialogue with God where he's going back and forth and... Um, and God responds to him. God says, I'm going to do something crazy in your day. But it's not going to be what you think. It's not going to be what you want. You know, so many times we ask God to move, 
And then when he's ready to move, it's like, okay, it's maybe he's going to do something that we didn't want him to do, or maybe his something is not what we were anticipating. And we see that. He says, God says, I'm going to raise up this pagan, evil kingdom. I'm going to empower them. I'm going to raise them up, and then I'm going to basically hand you over to them and not protect you. <laughs> and I get where I get where Habakkuk's coming from because he's like, dude, that makes no sense, right? This this Babylonian kingdom is evil, like way more evil than us. You're going to use something more evil, more sinful to destroy your chosen people, even though we are kind of messed up. That just doesn't make sense. And um, and so we talked about how, like, in life, when God doesn't make sense, we need to wrestle with him. We need to wrestle with God. And we saw how Habakkuk's doing that, basically. God doesn't make sense to him, and he's wrestling with God. He's, he's asking the hard questions. And the beautiful thing is the reason that we need to wrestle with God is because when we wrestle with God, we got to get close to God to wrestle with him. And I love that. That was last week. So God responds to Habakkuk. And uh, Habakkuk's not happy with God's response. He's not happy with it. He's kind of upset. He's like, so first he's upset that God's just standing by and not doing anything. And then God says, yes, I'm going to do something. You're going to be destroyed. And now he's mad at God's response. And when God's response becomes a burden to bear or something like we're, we're struggling with God's response, that's hard. That's really, really, really hard. It's one thing to be wrestling with God about something that's going on. But it's a whole other thing that when God responds and the thing you're wrestling with is no longer the issue. But now you have an issue with God and it's like, what's going on? So I can just imagine... Habakkuk, he's standing there, he's witnessing all this injustice, this corruption, this idolatry. And he sees that the Babylonians are gaining power, they're moving around, and, and God's empowering them. And, and he laments. We talked about what a lament is. It's an outcry over injustice before God. And God says, yes, I'm going to raise up and empower this, this thing that you're afraid of, this evil nation, and, and they're going to come and they're going to destroy you. Pretty uh, encouraging, right? <laughs> so if there's ever an argument that sin is sin is sin is sin, it's this, right? It didn't matter that they were more sinful than God's people God used them anyway. It didn't matter that they had a reputation. God still used them. It didn't matter that they weren't God's chosen people. God still used the Babylonians for his purpose. And what's so much more important than a squabble over whose sin is more, because that's what Habakkuk's struggling with, is God's intended purpose. And God's intended purpose always always is more important and will override what we think might be logical. 
in our mind, in our logic, it doesn't make sense that God would use this nation to just destroy his people. Like, are you abandoning your own people? This is what they're wondering. They're, they're, they're freaking out. They're saying, God, you've been with us since you brought us out of Egypt. Are you abandoning us now? They're worried. Has God relinquished his, his favor over this nation? I don't know, I feel like, man, sometimes I feel like this really hits close to home with what we experience in our lives today, right? I mean, just stuff, like stuff going on, horrible things. Sometimes I'm like, God, what are you doing? Just letting all this horrible stuff happen, all these bad things happen to people. God's intended purpose for his people, for the Israelites, was to build them up, to mold them into this nation that he had chosen to be the bearers of the gospel to the world. Out of this line would come the Messiah. And he's building them up. He has this purpose for these chosen people. And they squander themselves in illegitimacy. They worship other gods. And he's like, okay, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to raise up this evil nation. They're going to destroy you. And, and that will continue to build and mold you into the nation that I want you to be. That's what's happening here. It's really, it's really kind of frustrating. I don't know if you guys have ever been in a situation where God has... You know, you've been praying over something and maybe it seemed like God wasn't speaking and then he spoke and it was like, oh, wow, I didn't expect that one. Um, that's real life, right? I mean, it happens. It happens. It happens. Um, if I can be a little bit vulnerable with you guys this evening, um, Jessa and I have been, Jessa's my wife, um, you know, she and I got married six and a half, almost seven years ago and we you know, we're excited about the possibility of starting a family. And, uh, you know, a couple of years went by, and people are asking you the hard question. Right? They're like, hey, when, when are you going to have a kid, you know? And it's kind of awkward to tell them, like, we're trying. <laughs> and it's like it, time continues to go on, and people start asking the question, like, what's going on? And then friends are pregnant, and it gets really hard and heartbreaking. And we've been praying about this for years. We've been praying about, you know, that part of our family's future, and we just found out this week that um, God's answer is no permanently. And uh, it's something that she and I are grieving right now, but this is the message for tonight is that sometimes God's answer is not what we wanted to hear, right? It's real life. So last week we said that, you know, when God doesn't make sense, we need to wrestle with God. And then when he responds and you've done the questioning and you've done the wrestling and you've gotten close and you've said, God, what is going on here? Can you make sense to me, please? 
and he starts to respond, that's when it's time to shut up and listen. That's what we're talking about this evening. When is it time for us to just shut up and listen? So we're going to be in Habakkuk chapter 2. If you want to turn there, um, we're going to jump right into this this evening. Verse 1, chapter 2. So this is Habakkuk responding to what God's answer was. Now remember, his God, God's answer was like not what he wanted. God's something that he was going to do was not what he wanted to see God do. And this is his, his response to it. He says, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So a couple things just to focus on right here about Habakkuk and his kind of posture in this season of difficulty. What we see is that he is, in, he is entering into a season of waiting and listening and, 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 and um, God is responding and he's like, okay, you're not really making any sense. You're doing some weird things, but I'm still listening. My ears are open. But, but he's not like hanging out, just laying around. Okay, that's the big thing here is that when we are stopping and listening and shutting up and trying to turn things off, it's not laying around and being lazy. It's not being at our house and just, um, just not doing anything, maybe being stagnant. That's not what's going on here. Habakkuk is alert and he's focused. He says, I am going to take and stand my watch. He's going to station himself in a place where God can speak into his life. And he's been wrestling with God and he's frustrated. And even though his mind is tired, his body is tired, surely his soul is tired, he's not just laying around. He has intentionally positioned himself to hear from the God Almighty. Desperate to hear from God. And I just thought about this, like, man, it, in my life, do I live like I'm desperate to hear from God. Sometimes we don't hear from God because we haven't positioned ourselves in a place to hear from him. Right? I mean, you guys have heard this before. Man, we live in a, a um, over, what is it? Um, we're, we're like, man, we're hit from every single angle it's social media, it's news, it's everything. We can't turn it off almost. It's like impossible. If you, who, who has ever like tried to take a couple of hours off and people got mad at you, right? You like, you're like, hey, uh, I'm going to take a break from social media and like two hours later somebody's upset at you, right? That happens. It's crazy. We can't shut it off and, and yet we need to so badly. It's like we have to figure out how to do this. Put away the social media, put down TikTok, turn off the distractions, work, uh, news, all of that stuff. Proactively position yourself to hear from God. Now this is after you've wrestled, right? So you've wrestled, you've struggled, and you're ready to hear what God has to say. Think about the verse, Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know 
that I am God. And it's pretty clear from this incredibly short verse that being still and knowing that God is God go hand in hand. They work together. They're not separate. The more that we pause, the more that we spend time in God's word, the more time, the more that we spend time in his presence, the more that we connect with his community and seek after him, the more we are convinced at the core of our being, no matter what life is throwing at us, that my God is my God and he is bigger than what is coming at me. First Kings 19 teaches us that God speaks in a still, small voice. You ever wonder why that is? You ever wonder why that is? I, I, I heard this actually this week when I was preparing for this, and I was like, man, that is brilliant. God speaks in a still, small voice because he's close. He's not far away. He doesn't have to yell. He speaks because he's there. Are we listening? So what are some of these ways that God speaks into our life? I just want to point out just a couple that are kind of the obvious ones and maybe think through them a little bit. So God speaks directly into our life through our spirit, our Holy Spirit. God lives inside of us, and he speaks to us. Maybe this isn't like an audible thing. Maybe it has been an audible thing for you. Maybe you've experienced this. I can tell you back in, um, you know, when I was you know, messed up with drugs and all these things. Every time I was hanging out with my friends, I knew God was speaking to my heart in those moments. And it was like, why are you here? And I used to get so frustrated because I'd look at my friends and they're like just high and, and having a blast. And I'm like, why can't I just enjoy this? You know, you're, you're speaking to me right now, seriously? And he kept saying, why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Um, earlier this year, he spoke this um, quote to me, and it's became kind of my quote for the year. So my biggest problem is that when I have a challenge, I want to go attack it, right? Like, I just want to attack it, fix it, beat it up. You know, it's like, boom, let's go. And... Um, I do that every single time completely in my flesh, right? I don't even allow God a second to speak into it, to move, to take over, to guide me, to lead me. And uh, so earlier this year, uh, way back at the beginning of the year, when I found out that I was going to be transitioning into young adults, I was like, oh, man, let's go. Yeah, come on. And um, God said, this is his quote. <laughs> He said, you are exceedingly insufficient for this task. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but it's so true, right? It's so true. I needed that reminder. I am so insufficient because this is his community, his ministry, his church. And I need him for the very breath that I breathe. So I celebrate that. But he speaks directly to us. Another way is through his word right now. I mean, come on, we, we got to open the word for him to speak to us through the word, right? 
Um, like, that's a thing. <laughs> um, so, hey, I just want to let you know that as we do these different series, if we're in a book and we're studying through a particular book like Habakkuk, you could totally go to your phone. Um, the Bible app, they have these awesome reading plans, and that could coincide with what we're doing. Or like, you know, we're in Habakkuk chapter 2, maybe go read it this week and see, because we're going to touch on some of it, but not all of it, and, um, and definitely look at that and be praying. Like, when I open God's word, I, ask, I say, God, would you just speak to me through this? Would you speak to me? Would you reveal your word to me? And I believe he does. God talks through our people in our lives. It could be a pastor. It could be a friend, family member, um, maybe somebody you didn't even expect. But God speaks to us through people that love him. And I can tell you this is so, this is why circles are better than rows. This is why community is so important is because, man, when life happens, I want to be around my crew. I want to be around people that have a big faith when I need a big faith because they're going to they're gonna see it in me. They're going to pull it out of me. They're going to call it out in me. We need to be around people so, we, so God can be using them to speak into our lives. Verse 2, <laughs> the Lord's answer. Then the Lord replied to him. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation waits, awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end. It will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. When it's time to shut up and listen to God, you need to write it down. When we're spending time intentionally being in God's presence and we're saying, God, speak to me. What good is it if he says something and we just forget it, right? What we don't write down, we're going to forget. So write it down. When I came to Colorado and I was by myself, um, I was finally answering God's call in my life. I left my whole family on the East Coast and I'm by myself in Colorado Springs. It was pretty clear that God wanted my undivided attention. I spent a lot of time just writing and kind of exploring like this experience, right? It was, he was uprooting everything that I knew about who I was and who he was and what it meant to be a follower. And I wrote a lot of it down. I have journals to this day that I'll, I'll like pull out and I'll look at it and, and I see the things that I was wrestling with during that season of my life. And I see the things that God spoke to me. I totally forgot to go get my, my, uh, my Bible upstairs. It has on the first page something God said to me on the first night of my undergrad at Bible school God said, through my prof, he said, when God calls a man or a woman, he bids them come and die. And it just hit me. It hit me because I realized that this was going to be a daily dying to myself. And I wrote it on the first page. And I go back and I, I like flip that over and I see it. And it reminds me of that first day, like when God spoke into my life. I wrote it down. So thankful. But this season was really, really hard, and I was, I was, um, you know, there's this, there's this song uh, called Make Room, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit. It talks about 
tear down the walls of my tradition. Okay, I grew up in, the, in this um, different denomination, and, and there were some really uh, kind of messed up things that, that they taught. Not that it was like a cult or anything like that, but it just, man, it set me up, I think, for failure. And as I'm like, God's like uprooting all of these beliefs, and it was just hard. So I wanted to share with you and just invite you into um, that space in my life and share with you a poem that I wrote that's kind of a lament, but it's kind of a celebration at the same time. You can go ahead and put that up. It's called, Of Cravings Crave and Thirst Awry. Once I walked a mild road, of course it thwarted tapered ways. Doubtless aims of all were mine, dreary candor charged the days. Of cravings crave and thirst awry, my tongue had all of which to cry that there upon the casket lid read worldly man who'd thought he'd lived. But take heed of newness comes a light from neath the casket lid. All the world had offered there lay gray and mired in wake of transformation's writ. Bursting forth, bursting forth, the casket was but interim post. No longer does my soul remain assailed by fleshly chains of old. Thwarted, yes, this tapered way, traveling the narrow road with gladness, gladness, but alone I go, my eyes affixed on you enthroned. Your colors, all the perfect shade. Joy abounds in simple song, a song beyond my ears to hear has tarried in my heart along. So I sat in this apartment, this thing that was basically a closet, and uh, and God rearranged all the furniture in my heart, and it was a a difficult time, but it was beautiful because God was speaking, and there was, I wasn't going to, I didn't have a TV, I didn't have a video game system, I didn't have anything, I literally, I came home and I was like just in his presence. I think we need that season of our lives. So awesome. I was talking with one of you guys who, um, I mean, this is, you have to have like the ability to do this financially, right? But they, they basically quit their job and they said, I just want more of Jesus. So they quit their job to just spend a season pursuing Christ above all else. It's beautiful. God wants your undivided attention. So write it down. What you don't write down, you're going to forget. Verse 4, what does God say back to him? He says, see the enemy is puffed up. See, I've I've raised up Babylon. You see that they're coming after you. You see that I'm going to hand you over to them. But the righteous person will live by faith. Let that sink in. The righteous person will live by faith. God says to Habakkuk, I'm raising up your enemy. Hey, this is going to take a lot of faith. He says, this is going to be really hard. It's going to take a lot of faith. What we're about to walk through together is going to take a lot of faith. And uh, the chapter 
ends with Habakkuk saying the Lord is in his holy temple. He has not abandoned us. He's right there. He's here. He's with us. Let all the earth be silent before him. Habakkuk saying, man, we need to just shut up and listen. I don't know about you guys, man, but, um, you know, we were going through 2020, and I was like, holy smokes, this year has been so hard. And then we jumped into 2021, and it's, I don't know about your experience, your mileage may vary, but, like, for us, it has been crazy, right? And almost harder than 2020. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for 2022, come on. But, guys, how would it feel to be able to just, Move into the new year in a new place where you are hearing from God, where you're experiencing his voice in your life through his community, through his word. He's writing his word on your heart, speaking to you, and you're hearing him. That's what Habakkuk is saying is that when God doesn't make sense and we've wrestled with him and he still doesn't make sense, something is, there's something there that we need to take away and understand. Let's pray. Father, we just, um, God, thank you for speaking in a still, small whisper. Because it challenges us to not surround ourselves with everything. To, to, it challenges us to um, slow down. It challenges us to keep perspective on this world that it's not all about popularity, it's not all about TikToks, it's not all about, you know, a post or a picture, it's about you and what you're saying in our lives. So God, as we jump into small group, Father, would you just help us to explore this idea of what it means to just shut up and listen and hear you speak into our lives. I just, I can't even imagine one of the most conversations, uh, one of the most conversations that I have is, is people asking me, like, why don't I hear God's voice in my life? God, what if we were a church who were passionate about pursuing your voice and hearing you speak into our lives and we were guided by that voice every single day and your voice was so familiar that we never had that question of like, is it my thoughts or is it the enemy or is it really God speaking? If your voice was so familiar that we just knew it, it would be a beautiful thing. Help us to just lean into this this evening, in Jesus' name. Amen.